everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of the Steam Machine Podcast. My name is Dalton, and joining me as always are my good buddies... The Brothers of Destruction, Willie and Nathan! Ah, Hello! And the crowd goes mild. Ah. Yes, gentlemen. How are you on this wonderful, wonderful week? I know Patreon already heard this, but these people don't, so... We could touch on it really quickly. I feel freaking great. I have a ton of energy. <laughs> I've been sleeping really well and getting a load of exercise. <laughs> Me too. Me Hell too. Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, brother. <laughs> but that that's just a goof for the Patreon people. That he asked how I'm doing earlier. And I told him I was tired and wanted to go to yeah. bed. Yeah. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. Um so I forgot to do this at the top of the show last time and I threw it in at the end. So I'm gonna throw it in at the beginning here. Uh Real quick, I'm going to throw our shout out to our lovely uh, Patreons that donate uh, $10 or more. They are Nate Sir Cogsworth, the 7th of Juniper, Jeff, the original expendable Jeffy Loop, um, Aries Sir Adam, shout out to his podcast, Revival and Extinction, and DC Smoke Down. You guys rock. Thank you very much. Thank you all very much. Thank you all the peoples. So before we hop into uh, the Uber Mash of Uber Mosh, right? Uh, I wanted to bring up good episode title. A few yeah, episode title, yes, sir. Um, I wanted to bring up a few games, and we don't have to go deep in them. But like, I think that it's interesting that in two separate generations, a Bethesda game overshadowed other RPGs that came out alongside of it, right? So, granted, uh, these like so Oblivion came out. Uh, I don't remember the exact year. I, mean, I think it was maybe two thousand six. So, around then, also Gothic three came out. And Two Worlds, Two Worlds One came out, and wow, Two Worlds is a name that completely fell off of my brain. Right, <laughs> I installed them to uh, check them out, and they are the epitome of jank. But like, there's <laughs> almost a uh, like a, a redeeming quality to it, like like almost like love it a little because it's so janky. But it's uh, yeah, they got completely overshadowed by Oblivion. So like. They were games that in my childhood, like when I would go to the rental stores and I would see like Oblivion on the shelf and I'd rent, I rented it and played it. Like I never even heard of those games, right? Well, a lot of people had the same thing happen when Skyrim came out. Um, two games in particular that were pretty much overshadowed by Skyrim. So like people either played them and didn't like them because they compared them to Skyrim or just overlooked them completely. And that is Kingdoms of Amalur and Dragon's Dogma. Now, um, Kingdoms of Amalur, the, I think it was the art was done by Todd McFarlane. Hold on, let me look it up real quick. Hmm. I know that the, the, uh, writing was actually written by, like, a famous... I feel like you've mentioned this before on the podcast, but I guess my brain gets it, puts it in the Skyrim box and I lose it every time, because I couldn't tell you. I remember thinking the answer was cool Yeah, last the, time. uh... I know I've heard us talk about The artist is Todd McFarlane, and the writer is R.A. Salvatore. Oh, so, yeah, okay. The Wheel of, Wheel of Time, right? Uh, I think that he was the original Wheel of Time guy, and then he died, and Brandon or, Sanderson. Maybe I have the wrong over. one. Yeah, I know it's Brandon Sanderson now. It's not a series that I got into. No, I'm an idiot. Isn't R.A. Salvatore the I'm guy who wrote the D&D books? Like, yeah, he did all the Drizzt books. That's, oh, okay. Yeah, I'm just dumb. I got... I, all fantasy authors have the same name. They're named initial, 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 whatever, and I don't care. <laughs> that's accurate. Yeah, that's fair. I blame J.R.R. Tolkien for that. Right. And his father, S-Q-Q-Q-Y, Tolkien was a bastard, so they should have never started with that. 
<laughs> um, S. Bubby Tolkien. But Dragon's Dogma is the one that interests me more, right? Because Kingdoms of Amalur, it's like, it's a really fun game, don't get me wrong, and I recommend it to everybody. But Dragon's Dogma is a fucking RP- JRPG. Well, it's an RPG that was made in Japan that's supposed to be like Western RPGs. It's made by Capcom. Huh. So <laughs> Capcom made an, a Western RPG with JRPG elements. And it is really fun. But when I tell you that it is almost Dark Souls hard, like it's, it's challenging. Um, for instance, a troll. You get into a fight with a troll. It's a big motherfucker. You either got to go up and slice at its knees until it falls and then you can attack its head. Or uh, this was one of the first games. I say that um, Shadow of the Colossus did this too. But like, you can jump up and grab onto the ogre and then climb up him till you're up by his head and then you can start wailing on his head until he will grab you <laughs> and then you then have to wiggle your fucking thumbstick to get out. Uh, or else he'll eat. Okay, so different approaches. But the, like, the cool, one of the cool things about it, and I don't want to dwell on this too long, so I'll just talk about this and we can uh, move on, but um, it has a pawn system. So when you create your character, you create a pawn. <gasps> oh, and, I, I know where I've seen this before. This... I, I, it's dumb. Don't don't. Uh, don't I am worry. sure I, Monster was, Factory they, has they, done something with this game. Monster Factory yeah. has done an episode of Dom Dragon's <laughs> Vomit. Yeah, that's what I was. I just realized they had some really. You can make some pawns. hideous fucking people in this game. Yes. Um, so your pawn is like your your number two. They're with you the entire game, right? Well, whenever you're not playing, your pawn can be taken by other people and used in their party and on their saves, right? So like. When you get in, you have your pawn that you create, and then you can recruit two other pawns. Now, Mm -hmm. you're walking around towns, you're walking down the street, you see somebody in some really cool armor, you can talk to them, you might be able to recruit them, because that's just somebody's pawn who is now an NPC in your game. Like, it's just really cool, all these cool concepts that... uh, That's a neat system. So, uh, that uh, the whole reason I'm bringing this up is there's a new single-player game by Pearl Abyss coming out. Pearl Abyss is the people that do Black Desert Online. This is okay. a single-player experience called Crimson Desert, and it's you going like the desert, huh? Yeah, apparently so. Um, it's going to be a lot like Black Desert Online's combat, but there's going to be a lot of like uh, Dragon's Dogma type elements where I think you can climb on your enemies and attack them and things like that. So that's still in development, um, but it just jumped out to me as something cool to maybe look forward to. Crimson Desert. I think there's some uh, videos on YouTube of it and stuff. If anybody wants to go check it out. But, again, I want to say Dragon's Dogma and Kingdoms of Amalur. Um, specifically, Dragon's Dogma Dark Arisen. That's like the uh, expanded, fixed version from the original. And I think it's the only one you can get on Steam now. But yeah, that and then Kingdoms of Amalur. Kingdoms of Amalur had a remake that just came out recently called Re-Reckoning. And they like made it look a slight bit prettier and gave you an FOV slider. And I think like that's basically all they changed. Um, I would recommend getting the original game and just getting a mod that allows you to f- do the FOV. That's just me personally, though. I was in one of those where like the all the the all the mods are incompatible if you use the new version, and people had been modding the game for like ten years. Not really. Um, there's not a ton of mods for it, other than like I think there's some that make it prettier, and then the, there's just one that adds a field of view slider because the game didn't have one, and you're pretty close to your character. Um, and like, like I know me personally, I like to have a little distance between me and my character so I can kind of see around me. 
six feet bubble, please. Yes, yeah, 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 stay six feet away from me. Um, I like uh, Jim Cornette has a has a face mask that he was selling that says "Thank you, fuck you, bye," and he goes, "If people are close enough to read it and get offended, they're too close to you. Tell them to back the fuck up." <laughs> <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> it's not bad. Um, but yeah. Anyways, uh, Uber Mosh, gentlemen. Well, actually, I wanted to mention oh, something yeah, before please, we please. rolled in. It's like, um, I finally finished Metroid Dread last night. Ooh, how yeah. was that? And it's a fantastic game. Um, I do have a couple qualms with it. One being, I think there's times where the controls get a little convoluted because you got to hold two triggers at once and press buttons, and it gets kind of difficult to parse everything you're supposed to be holding at once. But I felt like the game was really well paced. The boss fights were engaging and fun. And the platforming was pretty decent. Overall, I think this is a really good entry into 2D Metroid. And I really hope that they see how well this is doing for them and that they continue to make them. Because this game was fantastic. Yeah. And I, I want to point... I'm glad oh. you like it. I know... I haven't finished... We didn't really talk after you were finished with the game. But I know you um, you were struggling with some late game bosses there. Uh, did you find that those... When you finished those fights, did you find it was still engaging? Like you felt like it was a fair challenge that you just hadn't quite worked out? Yeah, yet? I mean, that was definitely... I feel like one of them, for some reason, just wouldn't die no matter what I did for the longest time. And then one time it just kind of died when I didn't expect it to during one of the fights. <laughs> the final boss of that game is very challenging, but once you understand its patterns, you can really get into it. Like, I remember it took me several, several attempts, but after the first few, I wasn't getting damaged in the first phase of the final boss at all. It, all of it's just that. one of those things where you feel yourself getting better at fighting it, learning the patterns, and seeing those types of movements. I think they did a really good job in this game of making the boss fights especially interesting. And it's not to the level like where you get it memorized, like it's punch out and you're waiting for the cues, but it's kind of like punch out, you know what I mean? <laughs> and um, my favorite addition in Metroid Dread, and I don't think they've done this in any other Metroid game, was where you have like a parry maneuver where you can parry an opponent's Ooh. attack and then fire back at them with an attack that does extra damage. Th- it reminded nice. me of glory kills in Doom. Um, nice. I think that became a mechanic in one of the 3DS Metroid games because I remember... Metal Jesus talking about a Metroid game for the 3DS, and it took him a long time to get used to that mechanic. I like it a lot in this game. I didn't play any of the 3DS ones, so that might be something I have to do, look into the the Metroids before... Because I played Super Metroid, then I played the GBA Metroids, Fusion, and Zero Mission, and I obviously beat the NES Metroid on stream. But then the only other Metroid I've played is Dread. I didn't play any of the Prime ones or anything. You played the main line except for two, okay. but there was a remake of two for the 3DS, and then um, I think the Prime the Prime ones originally came out in GameCube, but there was a Wii mm-hmm. remake that added like motion controls yeah. to it or something like that. Um, whenever you decide to dive back into Dread, if if you ever want to play it again, because you own it and it would be completely legal for you, um, there is a way to play it on your computer at like really high resolution and stuff. So. Just keep that in mind. And like I said, it's it's legal because you own the game, so it, there's nothing shady about it. Technically. <laughs> Technically. <laughs> oh man. Uh other than that, dude, uh I started playing some Pathfinder again here and there. I, I was like now that I have it again and uh we got past that fucking debacle, fuck you, G two A. 
Yeah, G2A is definitely a problem. No. And <laughs> did, did you get your refund, or did you just end up buying a new game? No, I ended up. Uh, it was on sale for like eight bucks, so I just went ahead and got it again. And it was actually the uh, the better version than the version I had, so I got like more DLC and shit now. Um, That's awesome. Though, so I think on G2A, I think I just got that game from somebody who wasn't with the circle with the star, where they're like a uh, not a premium, but like they're proven to not be shitty. So that might have been on me, but even still, I've just been avoiding that. Um, yeah, I, I don't have time for a service like that where you're going to kind of get screwed over and over. Like, I just bought two games from Fanatical because, you know, they're trustworthy and you're yeah. buying from a source. Yeah, never had an issue with Fanatical or Humble Bundle. Love them both. Yeah, actually, I uh, I got Baldur's Gate 1 and 2 from Fanatical, so that'll be that'll prep me for the uh, the next long game being Baldur's Gate, which I look forward to because that's like one of the classic staple CRPGs, you know what I mean, that people, like, generally love. Yeah. Uh, yeah, other than that, man, I f- fucking NGU Idol, which I can now not see the word in... I can't not not see the word indulge because of Dave <laughs> pointing out that those letters, if you switch them around, make the word indulge. But NGU Idol's fun. It's dumb, but it's fun. What did you say it stands for, Willie? Numbers go up? Numbers go up. Numbers yeah. go up. That's yeah, good. That's hilarious. <laughs> it's just a dumb little idle game, but I check it every few hours, and I, I don't spend a ton of time on it, but it's slowly, because I will like leave it running at night, it's slowly climbing up my most played games hours on Steam. <laughs> I like how it kind of trickles out new mechanics and new numbers to go up. Like, at first it's just your main stats, your, like, how long it takes, how much juice you need to use each move yeah. or whatever and then like later on you're getting like adventure stats and equipment and uh you know adventure mode and then the I, uh, idol pod or whatever so I, I beat the first titan which was like titan gordon ramsay or something like nice. that right and it was just this big gordon yes. ramsay but like so all the other things that i have unlocked or i haven't uh, that are it's gordon ramsay that gordon. are locked i mean is a uh, each one's like the first one that's locked says you have to beat the next titan to unlock this and the next one's like yeah you have to such and such i mean just kidding you have to beat a titan and the next one's like guess what you have to beat another titan and, and it's, it's just like the, they just keep going yeah. and making jokes about like yep oh, well nope you actually get you have to beat a titan it's like oh, okay i need them teen titans <laughs> so uh the uber mosh uber mash gentlemen is what i'm gonna call this uh because like we pulled uber mosh five but after playing it i was like I'm going to check some of these other ones out. And I realized that all these games are super similar, so why not just cover them all? Plus, they were on sale in a huge bundle for, like, I think it was 2 or $3 for the entire eight-game series. Yeah. yeah, it was something definitely that cheap and ridiculous. And it, it was kind of interesting, like you said, because we did go ahead and start playing multiple ones of them, and you could just kind of see how each of them built upon each other to the point of madness in the end. Yeah, I... He, he the, like the last game was released in 2019, and I almost just wonder if he was just like, I can't add any more to this. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, the games the games start off intense, and I don't know how do we even begin like answering what this game is. Well, first, you know? we should probably go ahead and say that this were all developed by one person, um, Walter Machado, which I think is an impressive feat that he was able to put together all these games in. Yeah. Um, I do want to throw out that there is there will be no O-dubs this week because there is no Wikipedia page <laughs> for for this game or series. Um, 
there's like a PC gaming wiki, but that literally just gives you like, yes, it has controller support and things like that. Um, yeah, I searched all of Wikipedia for any mention of the word Ubermosh, and the I found two articles that were just lists of every Switch game, which isn't even the system we played this on. Are these available on Switch? Um, I mean, Wikipedia seemed to think so, which it does seem weird because this does seem little into. I mean, Nintendo lets emulated games on their consoles now. I guess. Yeah, did they? I just. I, don't know if I this logged. Game was funny because I logged into my Switch the other day and saw that they were releasing Grand Theft Auto for Switch. Like Vice oh. City. Okay. <laughs> U- Ubermosh is on Switch. Yeah. You can get okay. Sa- Sanctified and Omega from what I see. And Black. So I wonder if the volume games aren't on there, just the named games. Hmm. Yeah, they did an interesting uh, thing these games with the are series really where they had... Like, the odd number ones were numbered, and the even numbered ones were named. Yeah, yeah. And I'll go through that in just a second, because I do have a list of them. Um steam's description of the first uber mosh game which pretty much covers them all is uber mosh is an arcade game about cutting bullets with a sword in a gun-filled cyberpunk mosh pit like a pinball table or a coin op arcade machine uber mosh was made to give you a shot of adrenaline in a couple minutes each time you play a new level is generated for you to beat your score in 90 seconds it that that's that's basically it that's what the game is <laughs> yeah it's basically a survival game where you're trying to survive a wave of enemies for 90 seconds and trying to get your kill count as high as possible during those 90 seconds. So it's a balance of staying safe and blasting people to death. And it's also, it almost reminds me of like a twin stick bullet hell. Yeah, it has elements of both. For, I mean, it's literally, very literally a twin stick shooter where... Like, your only controls, really, if you're playing on joystick, you have a movement stick, an aim stick, melee attacks, and gun attacks, and that is it. Four controls total to play the game with. It makes it sound like this is minimalist, but minimalism isn't really what this game does, either. No, if I had to pick a game, or a word to describe this series as a whole, it's intense. Yeah, absolutely. I think, uh, in my show notes, I think I've written the word intense, like, 15 different times. But... But like uh, like Nate said, this was all done by one dude, uh, Walter Machado, um, and sh- like like you said, shout out to him because all of these games are entertaining. Like so- some less oh, than yeah. others, but they're they're all very entertaining. Now the uh, the first game that came out was just Ubermosh, like that was just mm-hmm. the name of it, right? And then I don't know, half a year later, he released Ubermosh Black. Now Ubermosh Black had the coolest intro in my opinion, because there was like a little voiceover thing in the beginning that was basically like the world, like we've evolved past dying. Uh, so whenever you're in here, you become this like cybernetic badass. And if you die, you just get transported out and you're completely fine. So it's like a simulation type thing for people in the future. And I find that to be very cool. Like I started piecing together this thing in my head, like, alright, so maybe we've moved on into space and, like, we've evolved, we live on different planets and, like, we've evolved past dying. We now know how to live forever. We cannot be hurt anymore. And we want to... And yet violence is still part of the core. Yeah, and it's like, we... Maybe there's no war, but we want that violence, so they created the Ubermosh for people to go and compete in, right? And I think that would be really a, a cool show. Like uh, each each episode being about somebody going into the Ubermosh and maybe they live, maybe they don't. It would be intense. I guess you could do different 
rounds with people because they're only 90 second rounds and like you can't really stretch out 90 seconds for a whole hour worth of a tv show or whatever but it feels like it'd be the running man for volunteers yeah yeah like uh the run and gunning hey oh <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh so after black was volume three and then wraith and then volume five then sanctified which i think sanctified was my favorite personally um then Volume 7 and Omega. Uh, yeah. Which one stood out to you guys? So, for me, looking at it, <clears throat> I think there was a good era of games. And then the sandwich. It's kind of like a sandwich to me. Because I thought 3 through Sanctified were really good. But I thought 1, 2, 7, and Omega had more flaws than they were. Than the, those ones in the middle. So, 1 was a really basic game. <clears throat> compared to the other ones where you're just yeah. basically have your basic melee, yeah. you have your shooting weapon, and then enemies come at you, and there's walls that you can kind of aim around and try to like avoid getting caught hung up on them and stuff. Um, but then there was like no whole lot, not a lot of special abilities. Then like Ubermash Black was the second game, and it added this ability called Mind Blast, where ever so many kills you got, it would just like send a big wave out from you, which was basically like a screen clear. So like every time you kill like yeah. fifty enemies, you get a screen clear and basically have a chance to breathe for a second. Um, and then they basically kept like adding small little things like that that stopped making a lot of sense after Mind Blast. Yeah, because I'm not sure what triggers some of these events but like you start getting these lightning bolts in a later game that come out of you you start getting this giant plasma beam that comes out of you in one game yeah, and it and, never explains any of it no no you get no never. explanation just like yeah, click no. the button you're in the game go good luck yeah. <laughs> yeah uh like this game will just give you a menu screen with a bunch of words on it and expect you to kind of figure out what it is there's no documentation as far as i could tell and I didn't really find that a problem because, again, the game is... I don't know if we've said this yet, but it's such because it's 90 seconds, it's so bite-sized that it doesn't really feel like trial and error is... Uh, it doesn't feel like it's asking much of you, you know? Like, it feels like it's fine to go, okay, I'll just die trying to figure out what that means. Yeah, and then you die, you just click a button, you're right back into the next game. So it's just like... It's not like you have this big, long intro sequence or cutscene or anything. It's like, now nah, here you go, you're in. <laughs> yeah. It's literally like the the only thing you have to wait for is the game to actually load and open, and then like once the game is loaded, it, you press play and it's like, snap, you're in, ready to go. You die, boom, you're back to the main menu, boom, you're back in. Unless you want to change like your class mods and stuff, which I think were added later. I don't believe that they were in one. Yeah. So looking at the game <clears throat> list for me, I think Black was my least favorite of the games. Because I feel like it didn't add enough to make it different from one enough, just that mind blast. But then three, it took away all of the like cover, like the walls in the game, so it was just like an open plane from there on out. Yeah, yeah. And that's how the rest of the games went. There were no walls you could run into or hide behind. It was just open planes from there on out. And I felt like that worked better for this style of game. Absolutely, absolutely. It it adds to the intensity. I felt like I spent a lot of the first game comparatively like with my back to a wall so i would only have to defend three mm -hmm. angles i also i liked that um there was no barrier in those either so it's like if you wanted to continuously run in one direction for a while and then switch yeah. direction it was okay like you didn't have that uh like export zone where if you run out there you leave like the yeah. first games and the later games had and i think that was the mistake that seven and omega made was they added those back in 
and they gave you such a small space because like the other games are so hugely open but then in seven and omega they they restrict you to a small triangle space that you can see basically the entirety of the space on one screen that you have to play in and that took away a lot of the experience for me too yeah I think I think I liked the uh, I like the infinite space that five and the middle games had the most. Like I did feel like the first game, it was it drew back a little bit that it didn't have the infinite uh, area. It had the extraction zone that was only like felt like it was about three screen widths in each mm-hmm. direction, and uh, I feel like the camera felt really close in that game, so I didn't really like moving vertically at all. So like I basically kind of tried to stay towards the middle because I didn't want to run too close to the extraction zone. I didn't want to run into an offstage bullet that I didn't see, uh, and also the they didn't mention this, but the kill counts rapidly go up in oh, each God. game based on like because you get so much new stuff. Like in the first game in Ubermash One, 150 kills. Which in ninety seconds that sounds like a lot, and it is for a video game, but not for an Ubermosh yeah. game. Uh, one hundred fifty kills in the first game is an S class or an SSS class, I think. Uh, then in Volume Five, to get an S class, to get any of the achievements past beat the game, you need to get at least a thousand kills because now you've got the brain collapse, and now you've got the uh, I can't remember what the other things were called. The the mana strike, mana strike was, was like, like yeah. the bar- the barrier thing too that you could set to go in a circle or oh, that might have been the lightning actually. That that was yeah. the mana strike. Yeah, it just uh, I I tend to think of it as a strike because I, I used the forward one. But you used the yeah. circle one. There's a lot of options in these games, especially in the later ones, and um, I uh, I like that. And then like by Omega, like the to get the max rating, you need to have at least fifty two hundred kills. Yeah, so it's like over four. 40 times as much violence in the course of one game. And I felt, I don't know about you guys, but I felt Omega, by the time you got a little way into the run, there were so many bodies on the ground, it was sometimes hard to tell what was going on. Yeah, and let's point out a little bit about visual aesthetic for this game too, because like we're talking about all of it, but it's kind of hard to visualize. So you're basically playing this character, and you basically have this neon sword, and then whatever gun you pick up. And so this neon sword's really cool because you can slice the bullets back at the opponent and then those bullets will fly back. And when we're talking about bullets, it's more like laser beams than bullet bullets. Yeah. It's not like you're sh- trying to hit a 9mm shot back at somebody. For Star Wars nerds, think about when like the when they shoot the blasters at a Jedi and the Jedi reflects them with their lightsaber. Kind of the same concept. Yeah, but the cool thing about it yeah. is, is you'll split that bullet into multiple segments, so you'll basically be shooting yes. back two from when they were trying to shoot one at you. Yeah, and the the graphical style for this game, um, I would like say almost like early computer graphics in a way, like not quite sixteen bit, but but not quite thirty two bit either. Yeah, but uh, it really reminded me of like what would it be like if you had like a Sega Genesis that had no limits except stuff still kind of had to look like a Sega Genesis in some way. Like, in, enormous resolution, but a lot of the art feeling, mm-hmm. like, wouldn't have been too out of place in, like, Shadowrun for the Genesis. I agree with that. I think Genesis is probably very the closest glitch- to the visual style that you would see here. Because it's got a glitchy, grungy, neon, cyberpunk vibe to yeah. it. Yeah, and like, whenever you destroyed an enemy, power. like, they would leave a blood like a pile of blood on the ground but it was a different color for each type of enemy it's like you'd there be blue yellow red it almost looked like you were on a paintball field instead of like yeah um one thing i didn't check the older games but i did notice that in seven uh there was a settings menu and one of the settings was reduced screen shake and yeah that was nice for my eyes (laughs) 
<laughs> I bet because that the game moves a lot. Like the screen shakes when you're shooting because like these, it's trying to emphasize the power of these guns that you're using. Because like when you get to the, like yeah. the max level gun in these games, it's pretty insane. Mm-hmm. And can I know you play keyboard mouse mouse Dalton, and I think yep. that was a mistake. I'll, but can we talk about the I rumble talk about on this. the controller in this game, yep. Willie? Knew that's where you were going. Yes, I want to talk about the rumble. This game is loud. This game is loud in three senses. Uh, I was just saying, I started on controller, but for reasons I'll get into after you guys talk about what you're going to talk about, I switched to mouse and keyboard, but continue. Like, so the game, okay, even if you don't play with a controller, the the audio is very loud, the visuals are very loud, they sync up a lot, they rumble on the beat, they screen shake all over the place. Like, I wouldn't recommend this game to a photosensitive person, because I don't know if it would actually cause some damage. But, oh, boy, when you add that rumble in. Like, I would play this game for, like, 30-minute segments at a time. I would finish, and my hands would still feel it for, like, an hour after I was done. The Like, they said yeah. rumble to the max on these things. I didn't even know those controllers could rumble that hard for that long. <laughs> yeah. I actually wrote a note because I felt like getting halfway poetic about it. What did I write here? All right. So, once you start... The vibrations are powerful, and they happen when you do damn near anything. If you cut a bullet, it rumbles. If you shoot your gun, which is your, mostly what you're going to be doing, it rumbles. You get hit, it really rumbles. You die, it rumbles for like five maximum seconds straight. And like, when it, it, it feels like you're in a rattling old truck with a jacked up subwoofer and the upholstery <laughs> is about to come off. <laughs> like, it's rhythmic and it's synesthetic and it is intense. Yeah. I don't think this game is going to be for everyone, but man, if you can put up with it, I think a lot of people are going to love this. So this game made me realize that like my trigger fingers aren't as quick as they used to be because mm. I was having a really hard time moving around, aiming and hitting the triggers at the same time. And I don't know if the rumble had anything to do with that because yeah, there were times that I, when I like the first couple times I played this, even like way before the show, um, my hands would feel like I guess I just used a fucking weed eater. When I was done, yeah, that that's mm-hmm. a great analogy. You got that numbness, yeah. in there. and so this time I was playing and I kept dying over and over and over and over because personally, um, I liked the class mod, which I'm sure we'll get into, but the kensai, which was just swords, yeah, and I didn't use, I didn't like the guns personally. Um, I'm more of like I liked more of the Ender the Gungeon style for that. Um, I think this game was too sporadic for me to try to aim around and shoot. But with the swords, I could literally just run around and click my mouse button. And I play MMOs. I'm really good at clicking mouse buttons, right? <laughs> so, and like, I love Diablo. So like, <laughs> I've, done, I've done lots and lots of clicking in my time. going to make a Diablo Oh, joke. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Wow. Go ahead. Make the Diablo show. <laughs> but it felt like playing Diablo. Now, there's not much joke left once you strip the meat off the bone. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um. It's just a lot of clicking. So it was like more second nature to me. Now, it did take me a while to get used to when I moved my mouse, my character's direction didn't move like it would if you were playing, you know, like a shooter per se. Um, so well, once I got used to the WASD, it just made sword playing a lot easier for me. Uh, I can't really comment on guns. I didn't use them all that much. But um, other than in omega i did pick one of the characters uh that i thought looked really cool and when i went into the game he just had automatic guns shooting in every direction yeah and i was like what the fuck is going on 
one of them has like four built-in auto guns or it ends up being four by the end of the run and it's yeah, crazy. And I, I also want to kind of say that's kind of what one of the reasons I didn't like seven or Omega that much too is because like in the other games you had character classes in seven and yeah. Omega they started naming characters and like <laughs> giving these characters names and yeah. pictures and I'm like what yeah, are different you doing? character designs yeah <laughs> I feel like they they basically stuck to the rough pretty much to the six character classes that you had at about a few games in. But, like, yeah, now they have their own names and identities and, like, looks and all that. And I think some of them worked out really well. Like, I really liked Q's sword. Like, because it was, like... I, don't know. I really liked the... Yeah. Q was kind of the Ken side. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Omega. yeah. They're, they're, I was about, just about to say, their swords in Omega and 7 looked fucking sweet. Because they were, like, blue and red. Yeah. And it really fucking yeah. cool. Um, but let, let's go into the character class class mods because I felt like that was a cool feature. And I agree with Nate. That I think it was a little too much in the later games when they were separate characters because picking a mod from the list felt like you were just giving yourself a small difference in yeah. challenge. Like you're just recalibrating something and you're jumping right back in. And I kind of felt like I had to sit and think at the menu for a little bit longer in Omega. A, a lot of times the class mod, it was like, okay, it's going to give you this, but you only have three three respawns instead of four or two or maybe like mm-hmm. they'll give you more respawns if you use this class but you can't use guns which was my go-to <laughs> but you know there's um i don't particularly remember the names though. i remember kensai i remember warlock um and my minds are blanking uh, nomad nomad was your yeah. basic class that was like whatever you started mm-hmm. off with then there was a gunner which no was sword only gun like right you cannot use the sword to repel enemies i think I don't remember. Is is that the one where you started off with a strong gun, or was that a? Uh, I I think you started off with the level two gun on Warlock. that one, but you also had Warlock. automatic, so you could just hold down the trigger instead that's, of. That's what. Oh I'm my hit. god, that'd be wonderful. Yeah, yeah. That that was the main difference. Is you had like not literally auto fire, but you could hold automatic fire if you hold the button down. It was just, which was it was kind of nice. It was a good change up. Then Kensai was. I think probably going to be all of our favorites because that's the sword fighting one. You didn't like Kensai? No, Kensai wasn't my favorite. I liked it, but at the same time, I liked having the gun. Like, I thought the shooting was one of the essential aspects of the funness for the game for me, so I didn't really like Kensai or Gunner all that much because they took away part of the game from you. That's fair. I felt that a lot with Gunner especially because... like, once I'd been playing for a little bit, I got really used to using the melee button to try to cut down what I thought would be a threatening enemy's mm-hmm. attack. Because, like, the game moves fast enough, and if you're walking towards something, you might need to predict if something's going to shoot at you and try to cut the bullet then. And so I'd, like, walk in the direction of, and then walk back where I was going. And uh, with Gunner, you try that. You just, you're you shot. know, yeah. not getting nothing. And at least in the early games, Gunner didn't have any way of... Uh, deleting enemy bullets so the screen could get really busy like that was probably the bullet helliest mode so let's see oh, go ahead. The, the other classes uh the other ones were called psyker warlock and wraith was there psionic wraith wraith was the other one thank you i think was wraith the one that started off with the the red gun or was it uh warlock or was it psyker like, i can't remember the all the differences <laughs> like i'd have to see like the menu in Those... front of me but I did like the one that started with the red gun, had like two respawns and their melee weapon. I thought yeah. that one was so much fun to try to win a game with. I think that was Warlock, because that was the one I did last Might on my been. screen. The first time I even played this game, I didn't realize there were respawns. Like I didn't realize I was getting hit until I died. I thought I, yeah. I thought you had one hit, one life. So like I was going through respawns without even realizing it. Cause yeah. 
That is a problem, I think. It doesn't really give you a good indication that you've been hit. Like, you kind of have to know what to be looking for. It takes a few games to even be able to see when you did get hit. And most of the time, that was for a conjunction of knowing what that particular rumble felt like on the controller for me. I feel like, too, in, uh, especially in the earlier games, like, there's not a lot of feedback when you get hit. And there are certain monsters, like, the, I think, uh, the big cloud of, like, little robot dots or whatever that surrounds you like if you get caught in that you're not just losing one life you have like no iframes in the early games so it's just going pop, 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 as soon dead. as i see those things i start swiping that sword like a motherfucker same same yeah oh, but in the later man. games but, if you like, get lucky and get that screen wipe the mind blast it just takes care of it for you so yeah. i like that a lot yeah i think one of my favorite scrats in omega was i was going with q who was the the sword character the kinsai and using the uh what was it called? Was it what's the name for a little shield you have on your hand? Buckler. Bracer? Buck, buckler, thank you. There's a, a ability called Buckler that's like a constant forward facing shield. And she can use the sword so fast and has such range that if you're kind of always twirling and cutting at the same time, the only things that could hit you were the shield, the blue shield guys. Because those are the only ones that could cut through shields, basically. So the barrier would take care of it if you were twirling enough. <laughs> So it was kind of a game of speeding up, twirling, 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 destroying everything when you get enough kills in a row to get one of your special moves, and then like avoiding the uh, blue shield guys until their shields run out, and then going up and you know prioritizing them. Now, kind did of you see any gold shield people? Because I swear I saw some that had looked like a golden aura to them that mm-hmm. I would just run away from. <laughs> yeah, those existed. I think the, the gold, gold is- aura guys, yeah, for sure, and. Uh, I don't know what exactly caused that gold to wear off, but if you stood your ground with them long enough, that gold would wear off and you could shoot them and destroy them. But I don't know if it was me hitting them enough times beforehand that made the shield go away or if it just went away on a time base. Yeah, I figured that out from playing Omega because Omega has so much stuff going on that I had to just focus on individual things to like feed in on. And I found out pretty quick that the shielded enemies, that's just time-based. Like, you can shoot them a million times, it won't, it won't count until the shield drops. Except in the later ones, there's a move called Shredder, which shoots that. You remember that, like the three, the three. Yeah, that, like the orbs, like hollow yeah. circles. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like that. That move hurts that, that, that move hurts. <laughs> there's yeah. so much going on. I it's also what anything did ever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah I I spent a while in that game just trying to parse what was happening. I think that was the most interesting mechanic to me because finally you have a way to fight back against shielded enemies, but one of the shielded enemies does that to you too. So. Oh. I will it's, say in Omega, the guy that's basically the gunner class in there, if you play mm-hmm. as him, okay, because you know how there's like all the different types of gun. You have the purple gun, which is basically a one shot, the blue gun, actually silver gun, which is a two shot, then the green, the gold gun, yeah. which is a three shot. Then you get this red gun, which is basically the spread gun from Contra, which is fantastic. Then yeah. you get an upgraded version of that in the rest of the games. Like in, like from, I think from five on, you can get that, which is just like this huge shooting weapon. There was actually a weapon above that for the gunner class in Omega. Oh, really? what was it? It was like, like? green weaponry, like in like kind of like Pac-Man ghost shapes at the enemy, and it was a huge spread. Oh, sick. I would feel invincible if I had. That. I, I didn't play. I only won once on Omega. I only finished one encounter on that. I finished one with the. Uh, uh, the the outload yeah. I said earlier. I finished two. Once with the Kensai type character and once with the gunner type character. And when I saw that weapon with the gunner, I was like, oh. Because I got SSS with so that cool. character because of that weapon. Nice. <laughs> I never got an SSS. Oh, man. I got an S. I did get the singular S, but I never got the triple S. 
in in Ubermash Volume One, I managed to get triple S before I cleared the game, <laughs> like because I was so used to the high. I played five first, then one, then eight oh. or Omega, and I was so used to the super intensity from fives that I was just like. I've got to get people, i got to get people. So I was getting like 150 kills, but dying anyway. The funny thing about this whole experience to me, though, was <clears throat> we had drawn Ubermash 5 to play, but it's been a while since that short poll was up, so I'd kind of forgotten which one it was, and I had convinced my brain that it was Ubermash 3. So I'd spent an hour right. playing Ubermash 3, and I was like bragging in our group chat, like, haha, guys, I'm kicking this game's ass, checking this out, all my achievements. You're like, and then we was like, uh, aren't we supposed to be playing Ubermash 5? <laughs> and and that's I think pretty... that's part of the reason we ended up doing the Ubermash Ubermash because we realized yeah. how easy it was to go between all these games. Yeah. That was you too. You were the forward scout on that because I'd ask like, how much do you think carries over between three and five? And you're like, this is kind of like, you know, a like a revision of the same game more than a different game. Yeah, yeah. it really is. Just it's kind of like it just kind of evolves with itself. I'll say this. I think there are three different games with revisions. Yeah. Black is a revision of one. Three through Sanctified, which is six, are one game. And then Seven and Omega are one game. That seems really fair. Because, I mean, Seven just looked... I didn't play it, but it seemed like a little less than Omega. <laughs> I had problem with Seven on my computer. For some reason, whenever I was playing Seven my controller would decide, and it doesn't do this for any other game, it didn't do this for any of the other Ubermash games, it would decide to click out of my game window onto my other whatever window I had open and start going like going back and forward on my web browser. I was like, I can't play it. And I couldn't oh. get it to stop. I tried like five times. I was like, I get, I get it. This is that's like weird. Omega, but less. Yeah, that's odd. I have no idea why that game did that. No other game has done that on my PC. <laughs> Yeah, that's weird. It's, I know it's because it doesn't have dedicated full screen, but even still, that's if none of the other ones did it, that's that's odd that that one would do it. Yeah. I don't feel like I missed too much, because I feel like I got basically the version 2 of that game by playing Omega. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's definitely like, if, if you don't have $2 to get the entire series, and you just want to go drop $0.49, cents, uh, I would say either get 5 or Sanctified. And I'd probably lean towards Sanctified personally. Like, that's probably, like, the definitive Ubermosh game. <clears throat> of the ones that I played, I enjoyed that one the most. You had the big, wide, open square, but you had different class mods and different adjustments. And you also had the regular mode, hard-boiled mode, and then Sanctified mode, which I played on Sanctified mode, and it was really fun. I have not tried hard-boiled, though. I'll be honest, I, I saw it. I, I never thought to try Hardboiled. I'll be honest, I actually didn't either. I just assumed it was more enemy spam on the screen. So I was just like, I'd rather spend my time playing more of the Ubermosh games than <laughs> messing with Hardboiled. Yeah, I figured it yeah. was probably just hard mode type thing. And yeah, that's not my that's not my bag, baby. Like one thing I really liked too, I mean, we describe these as iterative a little bit, but like the amount of additional polish I feel like they got in terms of actual gameplay and then just like juicy features that make you feel like you're more in control and the world jumps out to you like you see it jump up so much especially because i went i only played three editions i played one five and eight so like when i went back from five to one i'm like you know i miss the little neat touches like the sword slashes alternating between mm -hmm. red and green little things like that you know and it's like it was so cool how much quietly had been added but you would probably only notice if you were missing them from later games whereas if you played them going forward you might have never even like realized. Okay, they added this neat little you know additional feature. 
Yeah. And I also thought it was kind of cool to watch the uh, the graphics kind of evolve from like one where everything mm. was very uh, not matte and not muddy, but just wasn't vibrant. Whereas you load up like Omega and the colors fucking pop while you're running, especially blood. <laughs> that that red really pops with yeah. that like purplish background thing that they got going on. It really looks it looks crisp. Yeah. I'd say the first game felt more kind of grungy and by five it was way heavier on the cyberpunk yeah, elements. Absolutely. Yeah. I think it started in the grunge and then moved to the cyberpunk era. <laughs> yeah. But I enjoyed it and I, I you know I kinda look forward to uh some of the other games that we have on the list by this dude. Um I know uh I think it's called Trip Trip Divine Lands. Is T it's T Z V but I think it's called the trip to violence or something like that. Um, I have two of those and I believe I have swarm riders, which is another thing by him, but I think that's like a shooter, but not quite like Uber Mosh. I think it's more like a uh, on rails type. Um, hmm. uh, what's the word? Shoot em up like a shmup type game. I could be wrong though. I could be wrong. It's been a while. Yeah. Cause I was looking at some of those games too. And like that trip to violence game, or yeah, Vinelands. Like that looks like my bag, baby. Like I would look like something I would really enjoy playing. Very aggressive, like environments in a platforming game. Which I, I know that you've done the path of pain and things like that. So I'm sure a few buzzsaws don't scare yeah, right. you. <laughs> we need to get you playing Super Meat Boy one day. I swear. That would be a good one for me. I think I'd enjoy that game a lot too. I'm like the one person who loves platforming games who's never played Super Meat Boy. Yeah. So, uh, Swarm Rider Omega is an endless runner plus twin stick shooter arcade mashup <laughs> based on Swarm Riders, which, if I remember correctly, I'm just delighted by the idea of a twin stick endless <laughs> runner. That's really good. So, if you would like to check it out, the original Swarm Riders by Walter Machado is free on Steam. Nice. Hmm. Yes, uh, it looks it looks as intense as Ubermash, but you're just r going in one direction and shooting behind you, and it looks ridiculous. So yeah, <laughs> <laughs> if this if any of these sound uh, interesting to you, you know, feel free to come check out Swarm Riders because it's free. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, and the rest of this stuff is like like I hate to say it like this, but it's dirt cheap. Like you can get in and get it for really easily. Yeah. Um, and if you just want to pick up one. I think my recommendation is going to be different. I kind of liked Wraith the best because it kind of felt like that beautiful mm. in-between before it started getting too deep into it for me, but it also wasn't too much like the older ones. Like I just felt like that was like a really good in-between was Wraith for me, which was the fourth edition. That's fair. What about you, Willie? Did you have a favorite? Um, I didn't. Other ones you played? I won't be honest. I think I ended up liking Omega more than you guys did. Like, I actually feel like it, it is very intense and very unapologetic about that, even for an Ubermosh game. But, like, it, it it really throws you into the deep end way harder than the others. And I know that at the very beginning of the game, I'm like, part five when I was streaming that, I was, like, dying in three seconds every time because I hadn't got my bearings. And this one's way, even if you've played the other games, it's still going to be way more than that. But um, it seems like it's the one that's most built for um, long-lasting gameplay. Like, I feel like... There's a lot of challenges um, that you'll end up doing. Just the customization is really cool. Um, finding new ways to strategize how to deal with certain enemy types is cool. I really want to see that big green like 
Pac-Man Ghost Gun now. That sounds really awesome. So I'm probably going to end up playing it again sometime nice. very soon. And um, trying to finish it with all the characters and maybe see about getting to the uh, higher ranks. And uh, like we said, if you if you want to pick up the three recommendations that we've given, uh, they're 49 cents a piece or you can spend two ninety nine and get all of them. I believe this is a sale, but this is the second time we've seen this sale in the last yeah, few months. Yeah, I bought it but like when this won the poll, the short game poll, I bought it on sale, and now it's on sale again. Like, yeah. If yeah. you need to wait for a sale, feel free, because I feel like this game goes on sale quite often. Yeah, and if, if it's not on sale, hand, it's 99 cents per game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they're, they're not expensive games, and uh, I, I kind of appreciate the idea of, a, of what I'm assuming is a one-man studio, since it's just the guy's name. And when I went on his YouTube page, it looked like he had like videos about how he got the tone when he was composing the music, which I'll, I'll speak up about the music too. It's this cool blend of like, like hard edged electronic stuff that just really, really, pu- really intense, really forceful and like pumping. Like it moves you forward. But the hard. problem with that is he used the same well, track for every single game and it only had one track per yep. game. Yeah. And it was the same track in each game. I think Omega had a lot of different Did it? tracks because it didn't even have the same title. It didn't have the same title track as Five and One. Did. You're right. So maybe I, since I played all of them, I just got so used to hear the. Yeah. I just. I think he composed new music for the last. Installed... That would make sense because I spent less time in those. I just installed the uh, Swarm Rider Omega, and I'm gonna laugh if I load it up and it's got that same song because it's just. <laughs> Oh, that would be funny. It's especially in my head because I spent a really long time trying to get the game to stream correctly because I was having an issue with Streamlabs OBS wasn't going to let me do my game hook unless I ran it in Administrator, and it took me a really long time to figure that out. And uh, ended up hearing that loop, which is about eight seconds of song for about 30 minutes. I will say it's a good track, but it's the only track you're going to hear. Yeah, it's a banger. (laughs) I mean, there's the in-game track and there's the title track. It's the title track that I found repetitious. The in-game music I liked. Yeah, it it, it reminds me of uh, there's a game on the list that I can't wait till it comes up. Geometry Wars Three. Oh, right? dude! I love that game. Mm, I want to play that. So it much. plays the same song every level. It's like boom, boom, bam, 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 bam. I've heard it so many fucking times that it could just loop in my brain it's just like this minute and a half two minute loop that just plays over and over and it's catchy but eventually you turn the music off and put on your own music instead <laughs> i can wonder that about games that have like i mean they've got how did the mario maker 2 professional streamers who play like a thousand hours of mario maker 2 deal with the like 16 they don't. tracks that that has <clears throat> they overall? don't because i follow a pretty prominent uh, mario maker 2 streamer named um panga pangea panga also a big mm-hmm. rom hack player too but like he even talks about on stream he's like i can't tell when this piece which timer or this star is going to run out because i'm not listening to in-game audio right now in my headphones i'm listening to my music <laughs> oh wow okay that thought that's a that's a good answer to my question thank you for actually having that on file because i definitely that game in particular i was just thinking about recently because like there's at least they added a few original compositions for like levels that didn't exist in that original game like an ice mario one music and things like that but that's still only like what eight biomes yeah. over five I mean, how games. many times can you listen to the new super mario brothers one ground theme 
That's why I've really grown to appreciate games that allow you to have uh, custom radio stations, like uh, Grand Theft Auto or uh, Euro Truck Simulator. Ultimate like, Fishing Simulator. And Ultimate Fishing Simulator. Well, mm-hmm. that UFS was a little different because it actually had radio stations that you could choose from. Um it was a good switch. Oh, absolutely, dude. That fucking that dude, that underground eighty station. Like I have Soma FM bookmarked absolutely. on Chrome so <laughs> I can just pull that up and listen to it. Nice. But uh like Grand Theft Auto, there's a folder for user music oh. on the PC and you can like take your music that you have and put it in there. When you go into the game, for the PC version there's a new radio station called uh User FM. Oh, that's sick. So, like, I could download all of the Now nice. the Nightmares albums and throw it in that folder and just listen to Now the Nightmare while I play the game. Absolutely could. You could do drive-bys while listening to Turtle <laughs> Bear Man Boogie. Or Turtle Bear Boogie. Yeah, so I've always really enjoyed that. And I know uh, Euro Truck Simulator 2 has something similar where there's, like, a user FM thing that you could use. But, like, I love that... That's so the cool. Grand Theft Auto one, you know how their radio stations have commercials and stuff? Mm-hmm. They still have those on yeah. User FM, and they will be like, some of the commercials are like making fun of you for listening to your own music. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the nerd that thinks he's too good for Duran Duran. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's it's great. But I will say that, like, in particular, Grand Theft Auto Five, like, their radio stations were pretty baller anyway. But, yeah, sometimes I just wanted to hear some oh. shit that they're not going to put in video games. Yeah, for sure. I, I said Duran Duran because I forgot we were talking about Grand Theft Auto Five and not Vice City. Vice City. <laughs> City soundtrack was a bop, though. Oh my god! I don't think there was a bad. I wonder if they'll there. add that to the remasters because well, I have the older versions of the Grand Theft Auto games on Steam, um, and I know four you could do the custom music. So I, you know, I've never looked about Vice City though. I love Vice City. That's such a fun game. That's the one that sticks out the most to me from oh, yeah. growing up playing the GTA games. That's the one I like the best. My, I feel like it's the one I got furthest in the story. There was on. a story. Like, in I, those I games? really just, sa- I just sandboxed in San Andreas, whereas at least I would try to accomplish things. In my that uh, city. my first Grand Theft Auto game was three, and I remember I bought it yeah. not knowing what it was or anything, and it blew my mind. There was no menu. You put the game in, it loaded, and it took you straight into the game, and my mind went boom, <laughs> right off the side of my head. I was like, holy shit. And then I was driving around, and I ran somebody over and was like, holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then now, I Will, you have access to my Steam library. I Go install Grand Theft Auto 3 and just drive around. And, dude, there is like maybe... 10 people on the map total <laughs> like they're so like the crowding yeah. is so little compared to the newer games i believe that i believe that a lot of it is just it was so much bigger than what we were mm-hmm. used to like it was playstation 2 era like the biggest game in terms of you can do anything up to that point had been like oh what's that dreamcast game everyone loves panzer dragoon uh the Shenmue. oh Shenmue. Shenmue. it's like yeah I have those games too. It's like I mean, just like think about how like, I mean, Ocarina like the, of Time felt so big. Yeah, and then you look, compare it to like Breath of the Wild. It's crazy. Then you look at Breath of the Wild's actual dimensions, and I think the whole game takes place in like four square miles. Really? It, it's really not that objectively That's large. I do know that the the uh, the sharp biome. I think it's called. the I think it was the Breath of the Wild map was like nine times the size of Skyrim's map or something like that. Uh, that makes sense. Skyrim is that small. Map. Skyrim is actually not I mean it's big but it's not super big it's, and like 
Breath of the Wild is huge. Well, it's damn sure not the biggest Elder Scrolls map, that's for sure. No, that goes to Daggerfall, which is the the size of actual Britain. Yeah. It's that's just fucking... Like, I mean, most of it's empty or procedurally generated. Yeah, procedurally think, generated wilderness. Still. Um, yeah, that game heavily, yeah. heavily encourages fast travel. Yeah. Because, but Jesus, like, I, I've played Daggerfall Unity, so it's like the uh, an updated version to kind of run a little better and things um but even still dude the amount of blips on the map for the different places you can go is wild so many but yeah um is there anything else about ubermosh that you guys would like to touch on hmm. i think it's worth the dollar i mean this is this is gonna sound really facile and goofy but the central conceit of the game is cut bullets in half with a sword. And I got to tell you, when that's the main point of your game. You got to make it feel good. And what this game does is makes that feel as good as possible. Yeah. I'll agree. I think that for the most part, most of the games do what they sought out to do very well. I think that the first game may be a little... It, it didn't quite get there yet, but you could see what it was going to mm-hmm. become. I feel like the... Yeah, I've really enjoyed the rest. I understand if Omega was sensory overload and hard to parse, but like I think I ended up enjoying it once I started to understand things. It's just there's so much more going on that you have to start. I feel like you have to take a further back look at it if you know what I mean. Like you, you can only be looking at certain enemies and not like the whole field. Um, I, I kind of did an average of this in my mind for a rating. And I'm falling somewhere between a seven and a seven and a half, just as a total whole. Um, probably more like seven, because okay. um, I think that there were some games that I would rank maybe an eight as far as fun, and then there were some that like I would put like at four. But I don't want to give it a six as a whole, so I'll give it a seven. Yeah, I think for me, they're fun games. They're and I think that you're right, the, on the low end it's probably a 4, but I also think at the high end for me, it's at a 7. Um, the best game is probably a 7 for me. Like It's fun to doink around with for a little bit, but it's not one that I see myself coming back to and just playing because I don't have anything else to do. Yeah. There's other games that have that spot for me, and I just don't really see myself achievement hunting in it or anything like that. So I actually go with a six and a half for the series, which it's good, but it's just not something that's going to draw me and keep me. Uh, for for the price, I think it's definitely worth for the price. It. I could give it a seven. You're right. <laughs> I think my considerations involved it being a one guy team and a fantastic value proposition, and like I was trying to figure out how far above nine I could go oh, without wow. feeling weird about it. And I had a feeling that like, you in particular I, would like this series more than me. I mean, understandable. I have a feeling that you would like Super Meat Boy more than me. <laughs> But, um, I don't know, I, I kind of, there are types of games where I can bang my head against the same level. You've seen me trying to stream Doom recently. I can't get through Barrels of Fun, but I sure did stream it yep. for like an hour straight. Um, I'll, I'm just going to give it a, I'm going to give the series on the whole a flat nine, and you could just say that that scores for whichever you think the best game in the series is. I didn't feel any of them were four level to me, but I did feel Ubermosh 1 was really weirdly empty compared to the other ones I played. Yeah. You could almost see where, like, he was developing his chops there. And he was definitely like, all right, well, I got the enemies down, so what else can I do? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I, be- I believe this was made in uh, Game Maker or GM Studio. And 
Like, I think, I mean, I'm going to double check that before I, well, I don't, I actually don't know if I can double check that because I don't think there's that much write, written about Ubermash. I'll write Ubermash, GM Studio, see if that confirmed. Yeah, it absolutely was made in GM Studio. And I feel like you can see that in some elements of the gameplay because even things like the screenshot remind me of other GM Studio games. Like, I got a little bit of a nuclear throne vibe off of some things, especially deflecting bullets with a sword reminded me of deflecting things with a wrench or with a sledgehammer and nuclear throne. And the screen shake was also very similar. But this game is, like, a lot less serious and more intense. Yeah. And and we like we've said multiple times, if there is a word to sum up this fucking series, it is intense. I think I've, I've actually adjusted my one word to loud. <laughs> loud, yeah. Like, this game would be miserable to play if you were sick or hungover oh, or had a migraine. I can't or imagine playing this hungover. It's like... Dude, <laughs> what, what killed me is, you know, I like to play video games with some YouTube going or something, and these games, there was no fucking volume control. And I would literally just have to play them. I'd turn my speakers down and pause my video and play Ubermash because, yeah, there's no... He wants you to hear that fucking song. i think i just respect how uncompromising it is in a lot of its ways like this game is going to be this game is going to be a love it or hate it game for a lot of people i completely understand that it is not going to be for everyone and i'm not saying you're wrong if it's not for you just this this one ended up being my shit for sure and i'm weird that i don't fall into love it or hate it i just kind of really like it (laughs) yeah i'm kind of right there with you but i could see people i could see people Picking it up once and going, oh, this yeah. is no. And I think um, no. listener Kana picked up Omega, and she said she enjoyed that one. That was the first one she did yeah. though, because that's that is a really she jumped like, into the deep end. I felt yeah, she did not yeah. get, did not dip her toe in the kiddie pool at all. <laughs> Straight in with no water wings, because that one is just too. I mean, that one was too much for me the first several times I played. I actually closed it and went and did something else, and then came back to it. Like, okay, I have to figure out what happened. Yeah, so Kana. Uh, I'm sure you're listening to this. Uh, if it's too much, definitely just try Wraith or Sanctified. And <laughs> then <Yeah>. they're a little <laughs> easier. <laughs> a little sure. bit easier to understand, at least. I won't say that it's yeah. easier to get a win on them, but I will say it's easier to parse what's happening. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Which game do you guys thought was the easiest one to win? I think that's a question Three. you kind of didn't really go through. Three. Uh, sure. there's, there's only one I would say... around in, so hold on, I'll tell you. Let me look to the achievements. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, I, I was going to say out of the three I played, it was definitely five because I thought one, um, I feel like on one, you died to mm-hmm. off-screen stuff or nearly off-screen stuff a little too often. And eight, well, there's no such thing as off-screen stuff in eight, yeah. but uh, there's just so much happening that eventually you're going to back up into multiple bullets and you run out of respawn So cores. three, I felt like it moved a little bit slower. And I, th- I wonder if that's true or just the way it felt. It moved a little bit slower than the ones that came a little bit after it. And it was just easier to react to things for me in that one. But I will say that when I went from three to five, I immediately won my first game in five. So maybe nice. five is the easiest. I'm not sure. But I did I have was... my practice in three before I went to five. So it's kind of hard to quantify. I was hoping I'd have that experience when I jumped into one. I was hoping like, oh, I'm a pro with the later games. But like, you're you're kind of naked mm-hmm. in one compared to like five. Like you don't have the, the brain clap. You don't have the mind strike or mana strike. You don't have your, your sword feels like you have fewer strikes yes, per second i will agree with that like, i feel like the sword got better as the game went on yeah yeah i feel like by omega i like i did i i mean i won as the kensai obviously but like i feel like i basically wouldn't have used the gun if i had yeah, in omega though the cool like, thing about omega i will say the kensai sword is huge and it is noticeably different because then if you use that like um the clone type character like aya who's basically like the nomad mm-hmm. character her sword feels so puny 
Yeah. Yeah, that's just the default sword. Although she had a modifier, I think a couple other ones they called Bone Sword, where you could give up a modifier to have a wicked huge sword that was also kind of slow. Yeah, the, the Kinsai went in with like two fucking like berserk anime, like those just massive swords. Like, just, yeah, she's. Um, yeah. So the only Ubermosh that I completed an event was five. Okay. Um, I think that's got to be it. Though, I have right? an achievement yes. for the first Ubermosh called Hard Boiled. Oh, because that you switched I, to hard-boiled mode. Oh, I literally just switched to hard-boiled mode, and it gave me that achievement. I did play. I, I was, like, playing Ubermosh 1, and I'm like, fuck, this is hard. And then realized that somehow I had switched to hard-boiled mode. <laughs> and, I, and I'd forgotten about that until I was just looking at this. So, yeah, I did play hard-boiled on 1. I did get quite a few achievements, but just suffice to say, the achievements aren't anything, like, crazy. They're just, like, get a number of kills as a certain class, win as this class, things like that. It's nothing yeah. that's, like, wild and unexpected. Did you guys feel like getting the top kill achievement in 5 would be really difficult? Because I didn't feel like I was getting anywhere close to those I think that you numbers. probably have to switch to hard-boiled mode. And I think that's what I'm thinking oh, is going to happen. If you switch to hard-boiled mode, you'll get more enemy spam, so you'll be able to get those more kills. And you might... More you might get group. a higher multiplier based on um well actually there's no score it's just kill count isn't yeah, it Yeah, just kill count there's no multiplier yeah that's right i was wondering about that at first because overwatch 5 feels like the score feels like it gets a little ahead of you at some point but i think it's just because eventually you're cutting and throwing so much stuff in the direction that you you're are. blasting a bunch of off screen yeah because yeah. i've definitely killed things off screen so i don't think they picked up their weapon off screen from off yeah. screen before yeah yeah which also makes it freaking crazy that in 90 seconds I ended up killing something like 5,000 guys in Uber Mushroom. That Omega. is buck wild. I almost feel like it, it gets so to nuts. a point, too, where, like, uh, how, how do I put it? Like, so, I believe when you walked over the weapons, like, you would just pick them up. But at a certain point, there's so many weapons on the ground. I feel like you would be switching guns all the fucking time. It does switch guns until you get the red gun, and then it won't let you downgrade yep. from the red gun. So if you pick that okay. one up, you will stick permanently with that unless you get the upgrade to it. That's good to know. Yeah, because I, I felt like weird about early game, but I feel like I was, after a few runs, trying to prioritize. Like, you figure out which monsters have the, uh, the red gun, and that's just the one I would start going for. Because, you know, you get the red gun, then you get the fire mm -hmm. gun or whatever it is, and then you're, you're good. I mean, I still want to see the green the green ghost gun. That That's down my life. Yeah. Cool. It, it's cool. It's really cool. All right. I uh, I don't have anything else about the game, gentlemen. So uh, if you guys don't have any either, then we can go ahead and get into some house cleaning. Um, we talked about the game for approximately the length of 40 full playthroughs. <laughs> <of the game. laughs> um, yeah, I believe uh, next week is going to be uh, our Trails episode. And then the week after that will be Quake. Oh, I'm sorry. No, I'm sorry. It won't oh, be okay, Quake. So I'm sorry. It'll be uh, Full Throttle remastered. And then Quake will be the next short game after that. Because Full Throttle won the last short poll. Ubermosh has had been sitting in the queue for so long that I actually forgot Full Metal. Or yes. So did I. <laughs> like, I was like, wondering, like, what is Full Throttle? I like literally forgot that entirely. Yeah. But Full Throttle is supposed to be... Was that the one that beat Metal Gear 2? Uh, yeah, I think so. So... Um... It's a it's a well loved um, point and click game. I think it was LucasArts. Oh, so oh. I, I thought I was expecting I, a race game. I think. Yeah, so it was. Oh no no no! Uh, Full Throttle is definitely a point and click adventure game. 
Okay. Uh, originally released in 1995. Oh wow. Yeah, you just you're a motorcycle guy, but this is absolutely Lucas Arts yeah, done by Tim yeah. Schafer. Huh. So this should be fun. Okay. Uh, but. I was so imagining like a Wipeout or Twisted Metal PlayStation 1 style racer. Oh, it's about Double Fine? With like some extra violence. Full Throttle Remastered? Double Fine? Yeah, I think Double Fine did the remaster of it. LucasArts originally released it and then Double Fine released the uh, updated version of it. I think uh, they might have also done the Day of the Tentacle remaster. I mean, that makes sense because it says Tim Schafer, the Double Fine guy, kind of wrote Full Throttle, which, okay. This will be cool. Yeah, so... We have that to look forward to. Um, That's a huge change of pace. I don't know if I we've haven't. done a. We have not. We have not done no, a point and click game. You did. You've recently like on either a solo episode or one of the last ones with Ryan on it. I know you did uh, King's Quest because you both did different versions. Yeah, so of the game. Ryan played the point, the old point and click one. one. I played the updated yeah. version that I could play with the controller and stuff that was released for like PS4 and things. Uh, yeah, that was that was a fun miscommunication, but it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it made an interesting yeah. show. Um, so, if you would like to come join our Discord, you can go to uh, bit.ly slash the TSMP Discord. It's all capital letters. And you can come join in, uh, make your vote heard. You can vote on the games for the show. You keep hearing us talk about polls. That's where the polls are, over there on Discord. And also, we've been building a a cool little community man i really i love how it's been like more chatty recently and stuff in there so keep it coming man we want to see more new people pop in and we can love to meet you pictures of dalton's ravioli and white sauce with spinach and bacon yeah i do i post food that i make too and that's always fun uh i know uh that's where like also you can catch our twitch streams when we decide to go live uh nate posts his uh tiktoks his little gaming tiktoks that he makes in there it's a good time um, if you'd like to check out our website, it, you can go to uh, bit.ly slash the Steam Machine Podcast. Just capitalize each word there in that. And uh, the website's got links to all kinds of stuff. It's got links to Nate's Twitch. It's got links to Willie's Twitch, I believe. It's got links to my Twitch. It's got links to uh, the merch store. You want to get a cool shirt with our podcast logo on it? There's a link there for that. Uh, I think there's links for our social medias too. I do try to be active as I can on Facebook and Twitter. Um, I'm not great at it though, but I do try. So there's that. Uh, but I feel like most of our interaction comes on discord anyway. So, you know, I tend to be, I would basically what I'm telling you guys is come join the discord. That's where most of us are active. (laughs) (laughs) Um, and then, yeah, the, uh, the only other thing is the, uh, the Patreon, patreon.com slash the steam machine podcast. If you donate one dollar, do, as I've heard some people call it, I believe it's uh, Dave from Tadpog. Shout out Tadpog, Tyler and Dave play old games. Had to get it in there at the end. Um, if you give one dollar, um, you get access to our Patreon episodes, and basically it's like whenever I do music episodes, I'll put them on there. Or you get each episode a day early, and you get to hear our shenanigans before we start. Be it just some random banter, or if one of us has prepared a question for the others, it's uh, it's a good time. And if you would like your name read at the beginning of the episodes, um, which may, if it, if it grows to be a big enough list, may shift to the end of the episodes. But, uh, yeah, that's $10 or more a month, and you will get your name on there. And we appreciate, from the $1 to the $10, hell, if you're just listening for free, we appreciate all you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely.
Even if you just stole an iPhone and you're listening to our podcast on one of no, no, if you stole from our listener, you should give it back. But, <laughs> but go, yeah, go take your grandma's, phones. go take your grandma's iPhone and set it to auto download our podcast. She'll never notice. She'll never even open that app, and it'll make our numbers go up. <laughs> and she might learn something about Doom too if she does listen. Yeah. So or win, eating win. ass. Either way, that's more of a Tadpog thing. Hey, you can set it to download them too. Um, Nate, go ahead and plug your stuff, my good buddy. Yeah, if y'all want to catch me streaming old games on Twitch, it's twitch.tv slash turtlebearman. Saying stupid things on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash turtlebearman. Or just seeing me be goofy in video games, and maybe I'll start posting other stuff other than gaming. On TikTok, it's tiktok.com slash turtlebearman. I am turtlebearman. <laughs> the old TBM. And uh, Willie, you have been streaming, so I'm going to ask you, sir, would you like yeah. to plug your stuff? Uh, yeah, kind of. I know that sounds like a... I know I sounded so put upon there, but it's because I, I, I did really want to stream Ubermosh. I do really want to stream Doom 2, but only the stuff that happens after the map I'm currently on. And now that I've been streaming it, I feel like I need to beat it on stream, and it's going to suck to watch. But once I get past that map... It's going to be fun. We're going to get to the beginning of TNT soon, and I love a lot of that stuff. The beginning of TNT is really good. But no, I didn't I didn't stream any Doom this week. I just streamed Ubermosh because, uh, you know, that's for the podcast. And I don't want to play Barrels of Fun. <laughs> but but it's, it's Barrels of Fun. Map. It's not. There's Barrels. <laughs> They're not fun. <laughs> they fucking lied. You fucking lied. Barrels of Pain. <laughs> All right, well, he's... What is it? Twitch.tv slash Icebrand Studios? Yeah, I should do my Twitch channel instead of just complaining. That's a, that's a much better plug. Hey, don't watch my Twitch, but if you did, here's the thing I hate about it. Man, I'm bad at marketing. So, yeah. So do you want to say it, or is like, you're just good with me saying <laughs> Oh, he went full robot. Uh-oh. Okay, so yes, it's Twitch. Twitch. Uh, dot tv slash ice brand studios oh it happened again i don't know is it me going robot no you're good oh, okay. no it was it was almost definitely oh me no going. you're fine you're fine no i made a little note of what it happened the first time oh before. that's what you were doing yeah i didn't i thought maybe you were just doodling <laughs> like drawing some boobs or something nice just just like yeah no i was just trying to be a helpful little podcast boy i had a part where i broke up and i thought when you hear my audio, it's going to sound like me and you are both asking Nate a question at a time. And I just wanted to say you should prioritize Nate or yours because uh, my audio was gotcha. not what you heard. I got you. Okay, cool. Well, gentlemen, uh, Behind the I music. believe that that is all. So uh, for this week, they are the Brothers of Destruction. I'm Dalton, which is weird. I feel weird saying my own name like, like that, but like... I'm Dalton, they're the Brothers of Destruction, and as always, guys, wieners. <laughs>